This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is Deep South Dining, the show all about the cultural Southern flavor. I'm Java Chapman here with my two skillet buddies, Joe Sherman, Carol Puckett, and we are listening to the newly Grammy Award winning John Batiste. Went home with uh, Album of the Year last night at the Grammys. Oh, man. So exciting. Really? Yeah, I love it because he's, I mean, he's just he is just one of my absolute favorites and a New Orleans guy. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I love it when the Southern guys uh, and gals win because it's just something, you know, it's something different. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, he is a great human being as well as a great musician. Yeah, and um, also um, congratulations to Mississippi's own um, Cedric Burnside. Um, he picked up a Grammy. Um, I, I forget which category, but I think it was traditional blues, um, uh, hill country, uh, hill country blues artist uh, Cedric Burnside last night. All so right. congratulations yeah. to Mississippi, another That's one for great. our for our stockpile. There you go. <laughs> well, um, Java, I just wanted to congratulate the two of us on our wisdom for bringing Joe Sherman into the studio. Oh, this studio. is one of the greatest decisions you can make on a Monday morning. Actually, it wasn't a simple decision to make. We just decided we have been craving Boston cream donuts, so we <clears> thought what better way to have them delivered. Yeah, I'm I'm in competition with Uber Eats right now. Yeah. <laughs> I will deliver. Uh, but so this is a continuation of the show two weeks ago when Boston cream pie was the subject of conversation. Yeah, and uh, we talked about Boston cream donuts, and so I brought some in this morning, and uh, I'll have to. I don't know if Java's tried his yet, but uh, yeah, Carol, I, I have. What's it? You said the the cream is a uh, it's a Boston cream, but it's actually a Bavarian Bavarian. Cream. It's that's like, it's, like that. it's very similar to what uh, are put in. Uh, filled with uh, cream puffs or profiteroles are mm-hmm. filled with. Very, very good. Okay. But since Dunkin' Donuts is from the Boston area, I mean, of Got course. It. they would Boston have Boston cream. Got to have and it. And it's one of the best sellers, right? It de- definitely. It's number two. So, well, yeah. Java and Malcolm and I are devoted to bringing back the Boston cream pie on every table. Because, you know, it's kind of a 50s and oh, yes. 60s. A throwback. 60s, you yeah. know, a throwback, as Java would say. And well, uh, look, Malcolm and I had one at Peyton Prospera's birthday party. It was his favorite cake since he was a child. And like everybody there said, okay, we've got to all start having Boston cream pie again. Well, look, my, my Aunt Marguerite Sherman, she had that recipe that we talked about that somebody gave her for a wedding gift. And uh, she made the best Boston cream pie in the world. And uh, we still have a recipe, so it's okay, it's a good well, one. Okay, we'll make it. I, I will. I will. <laughs> yeah, you sent it to me on a, uh, and it was it was straight from the book, from the right recipe out of the book. book. I just took you up to exactly where it was. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm here with uh, Joe Sherman, uh, Carol Puck, and Malcolm White. He is out this morning, but uh, we're going to continue on. And uh, once again, Joe, we you know always thank you for coming in and uh, and helping us out here on Deep South Dining. Thank you are you. our fourth chair at the table. <laughs> well, thank you. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. So the what have you what, four. what have y'all guys been up to this uh this past week? Any any big cooking dishes or Yeah, actually um I brought in a recipe this morning. Uh it it is a spaghetti shrimp piccata Ooh. or shrimp piccata spaghetti <laughs> that uh John um wrote, 
read about in the New York Times, so I made it just having to have everything on hand. And it was delicious. And I brought an extra copy for Joe to take home. All right. And good. make for Java. But, you know, a piccata, like you think of veal piccata, was the original dish. And <clears throat> the meaning of piccata is really something uh, uh, thinly sliced and sautéed in a sauce that's made of lemon and shallot and right. butter oh, wow. and olive oil. So veal is <clears throat> traditional. <clears throat> but Americans have really uh, flocked to chicken piccata. Exactly. But this this one was delicious, and what I like so much about it uh, is that it was springy in terms of they put uh, peas, fresh spring peas. Oh, really? Or you could substitute corn, but I had some frozen butter beans mm. I put up last summer. And so it was, you know, the uh, piccata-style shrimp then with butter beans in it and, you know, a wonderful pasta. And it was delicious. And then from the same... Um, right up this weekend in the New York Times. Tonight, I am doing roasted cabbage with Parmesan walnuts and anchovies. Oh, wow. That's not going to be everybody's. No, yeah, that's what I, was, I, was I was thinking about, about that. We love all of those things in I our wish, house. Yeah, I wish. I know you, I know, I know you do, Joe. Um, <laughs> But but this roasted, the picture just looked fabulous. It was really a hard roasted cabbage with, you know, the. Uh, the walnuts, anchovies, and parmesan on it. So I'm going I'm to try try that to um, tonight and give a report. What have you been cooking? Well, I've been. Well, I want to comment on your uh, your shrimp piccata or spaghetti shrimp piccata. Uh, you know, I use. Uh, I like to do chicken piccata, and I use a recipe from Giada De Laurentiis, and it's a wonderful, simple, but it's always a fresh tasting fresh looking it's all, when it's garnished with parsley it always looks great and you kind of eat with your eyes and you kind of get full before you take the first bite so yeah so it's a i'm lot turning of over shrimp piccata all spaghetti right. to Thank you and i, I right. expect to, to right, hear so, from you so i took a different twist on my cooking about a month ago we were in birmingham and we went to this wonderful italian restaurant from an italian family that moved there and opened a restaurant in 2003 it's called gian marcos and i ordered their uh their braised uh Beef, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, their uh, short ribs. Okay. Unbelievable. <laughs> so I tried to recreate it at home. Now, I didn't quite get the, you know, the, I didn't get it right, but, you know, you, it's wonderful. You, you, you heat the skillet till it gets good and hot, then you add the oil, then you braise the short ribs on all sides, take them out. You add your mirepoix, which is celery, carrots, and uh, onions. And you saute that until it starts to get translucent, and then you deglaze it with uh, wine. And then once you reduce that, uh, you pour it into a, a casserole dish, and then you lay the uh, ribs on top, and then you cover it with bone stock. Because if you use the stock out of the store, it doesn't have enough gelatin in it uh-huh. to make the, the, the glaze, that you're, the reduction sauce you're going to make later. So you put it in a cold oven. You cook it for four hours at 200 degrees. You take it oh out, goodness. you strain the uh, liquids, and then you strain them twice. Then you put the liquids in a pan, and you start to reduce it, and you scrape the uh, – you, you, you take the fat out of it as you're doing it, and you reduce it. Then once it's reduced, you put the ribs back in it, and then we served it over polenta. It's pretty good. Okay. Now, that's, that <laughs> sounds like a labor of love right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the good news about that, it lasts so long you can drink a lot of wine. Yeah. <laughs> I have some questions. Okay, sure. What type of – Short ribs did you use? Well, I went to Whole Foods to buy short ribs, and they had 
short ribs, and they had grass-fed short ribs. And personally, I'm not a fan of grass-fed meat because some, to me it doesn't have any flavor, but that just could be my taste buds so, or enough fat. So I bought the uh, grass-fed and they were phenomenal. Okay. They were. You bought them because you just, they look good they or you wanted to they, do they, something they were, different? They were beefier. They were thicker. Uh, the other ones were very thin. Uh, they didn't, they just didn't, didn't didn't have as much meat on them as it looked like that I wanted to have. So. Yeah, you wanted a short fat rib. I wanted a short fat rib, not a short rib that's on Weight Watchers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> WW in 2022. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it and, was the, good. and the other thing is, let's talk a little bit for you know some people that you might have thrown them with deglazing. Oh, well, as you, it, it picks up all the the. I hate to use the word residue, but the residue in the skillet, you know, especially when you you, you get the the crustiness left from the rib, mm-hmm. and and it starts to you know. Stir the pot. So yeah, you so scrape you it. You push the spatula against to get uh, up all, the, that all of the goodness up. on the bottom. You don't want to leave that. Yeah, you know? and you have to have a little liquid it's to do like it. It's kind of like leaving the debris on a uh, roast beef sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I did a little something over um, at, at my house last night. I'm, I've been frying a lot of catfish, so I decided not to fry it. And I guess I could call it blackened uh, right. catfish. And we got, um, uh, Carol, when we were down in Drew with Stafford's shirt, and he gave us a, a nice little gift bag, and he had some blackened um, seasoning in there. And I hadn't got a chance to use it, so I actually used it last night. And I, it's it's funny. I'm trying to up my cooking game, and I know it's a process. So I didn't mm-hmm. think I hit the hit the mark with this blackened catfish. But um, Crystal said it was pretty good. The only thing I just didn't cook my fish as long as long I should enough. have. There no. you go. I, I, but the flavor. But she I, said I, I, she said the flavor was there. I think yeah. it's the hardest thing in the world to cook. Personally, what That's fish? Me. Yeah, I mean you. I think it. I think it takes. It, I think it hit I that line it takes can, time to get, yeah, you know, to really get your mojo going on it. And I just would encourage you to keep, keep yeah, you know, to keep doing it because it's just learning what that feel is, not yeah. to overcook it or. When I do grouper, similar the same way, I'll finish it off in the oven. And when I want, when I think I want to take it out, I leave, you leave it, in. it in. I leave yeah. it in. I think yeah. I should have you know, did that. I, I, I leave it done in. That. And, yeah. You know, it's. I mean, you'll you'll get the feeling of it. It takes a while. I've eaten many raw fish. I <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking about sushi. Well, you know, the the way I like to do it, because we do uh, fish fillets every Friday Friday night, and finally, after all these years, I've just gotten to, I, you know, put some oil in the skillet, and I cook the fillet for one minute on each side, and then put it in the oven at 350 for however, you know, thick it is for three minutes, five minutes, six minutes. Right. And finish it off, but once you get it browned in that first process, right. you almost can't mess it up. No, you really can't. Now, um, we're getting ready to uh, come up on a break, but I, I was thinking a little bit because as much as Joe, you've been here, uh, Carol, um, we've started this journey a couple a couple years ago. I don't think we've ever talked about you guys' first food memories. Because we've talked, mm-hmm. every time we talk with uh, chefs and things, we say, how did you get started in the kitchen and things like that? And you guys may not be professional chefs, air quotes, but um, um, you guys, you know, have a, a real love for the kitchen and, and food. And I think how it connects people. I wanted to just see what was, you know, how did this journey start? Well, I think that smell is so connected i mean not just with food but you know but smells and for me it was my 
grandmother's tiny, tiny kitchen in Hattiesburg and the smell of pound cakes and yeast rolls. And all, that, that's what I relate to whenever I smell a pound cake baking. You know, it immediately takes mm-hmm. me back. But I, I associate it with just the comfort and the warmth of that little house and the love that I felt from her because she was, you know, really my, um, you know, just the most important person in my life. And I have so many smells dressing at Thanksgiving. I mean, just so many smells whenever whenever I smell that. It's her face I see. What about you, Joe? So I, 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 from my mother... Uh, the smell, to Carol's point, the smell of the, the baked kibbe on any special occasion. I mean, whenever I smell it, I think of, of my fa- the fa- of family gathering around the table. And, you know, you want to be able to do that. And then my grandmother, she used to make Lebanese bread. And the smell of that bread in the oven after she just made a fresh uh, a batch of raw kibbe, just knowing I was going to roll it in that bread and eat it and think I died and gone to Lebanon. I'm telling you, I mean, it was it was just it, it, it's great. And I sent you something last week that my mother had in her kitchen. And I think this kind of it, it, it sums it up. It says, "No matter where I serve my guests, they seem to like my kitchen best." You know, know how big, big your house is. They all end up in the kitchen. That's some right. Way. And that's I think right. that's the heart of the home. That's right, Java. You have to share. Um, well, I guess I say um, the the. The way I associate with like with food is always the the gathering of the people and the connecting because a lot of times uh, my my parents are from Oxford and Natchez so for us to kind of get together it was always some kind of occasion or something and it was centered around like a big meal so when it's time to eat I think about. Um, you know, people coming together, even to the point where my dad, he doesn't cook a lot of gumbo. But when he does, people you may not have heard from in a while are going to pull <laughs> up to the house. And it's almost like, you know why we're here. Like, don't, 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 don't play around. So I think I think about it like that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So it's, it's time for us to take our first break. And we want to thank you for listening to Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Java Chapman here with Carol Puckett and Joe Sherman this morning. And this is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Joe and Carol, how are you doing this morning? Great. Great. I'm doing great, too. I just submitted uh, my donation. It was really easy to do. Oh, wow. On the phone. Yeah, I texted it. And this was unsolicited. Yeah, 888-372-4483. It came right up. No problem. 
Well, there you go. This is a special place drive edition of Deep South Dining. So we want you to show your support. But we also want you to show your support to another great food event um, that is coming to the um, uh, Meridian area. Um, Mississippi is home to many great food events, food festivals all across the state. But this one is coming up um, April 23rd at the Max and uh, it's called Sip and Savor. And to help us talk about it this morning, we have Community Engagement Coordinator for the Mississippi Arts and Entertainment Experience in Meridian, Miss Elizabeth Williams. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning. How are y'all? We're great. Good. <clears throat> so tell us a little bit about what's happening um, April 23rd at the Max. Yeah, so um, this will be our second annual Sip and Savor Food and Drink Experience. So we are a food and drink festival celebrating all of the good things culinary we have going on in the state of Mississippi. That's what we like. (laughs) Yep, that's what we're all about. I think that's the best thing about the South is our food. Um, But we've got 20 chefs coming in from Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana um, and they'll each be preparing a signature bite that'll be paired with some really great cocktails. We've got um, breweries from all over the state coming in. It should be a really great experience. Okay, so tell us, uh, for anyone who has not been to the MAX, um, just real briefly, the Mississippi Arts and Entertainment Experience, um, because it's, it's really more than a museum, it's an experience. Tell us about the, um, the place real quick. Yeah, so we're not a collecting museum. I kind of tell people we're more like a science center than going to like the MoMA or something like that. Um, It's full. So we're anchored around a Hall of Fame that celebrates famous Mississippians um, such as, I mean, we've got Oprah Winfrey, Morgan Freeman, Walter Anderson. I mean, we've we've just really produced a lot of really great artists and um, very impactful people um, in the state of Mississippi. But basically what we do is we pick things about Mississippi that have inspired these people and how they've gone on to change the world. So um, our permanent exhibit is full of interactive experiences. So like when you first come in, you get to sit down in a boat that has a screen that goes all the way around and you get to travel down all of these different rivers around the state. And we've got an interactive culinary exhibit that um, you move dinner plates around and it pops up with different recipes from um, Kat Cora, John Currents, um, all these really great food people we've had. We have a church exhibit that has the pews from a church in um, Collinsville. It's just, it's a very cool experience. You really have to see it. Well, I love the museum. I've been several times and it just uh, warmed my heart to see that the culinary room was there. And it's like a, it's like a, a, a kitchen, a, a, yeah. a formal table where like you said where elizabeth just said with the interactive and the recipes pop up it is it is something nick wallace's skillet hanging on the wall (laughs) we had things from the great mississippian craig craig claiborne but i just appreciated the attention and the effort because in the scheme of arts and entertainment um of course we think food is critically important (laughs) to celebrate Mississippi, but you did it well. 
Yeah, and um, speaking of, you just mentioned Cat Cora last year at Sip and Savor. Uh, you featured Cat Cora along with some other great chefs. So tell us about last year's event and what people can look forward this year. We did. So um, last year's festival was highlighted by Cat Cora. Um, we have a Walk of Fame that goes through downtown Meridian. Um, and so we presented her with a star on the Walk of Fame, which was super special. At the end of the festival, we gathered everybody up on stage and um we have a big band from down on the coast called blackwater brass and so we had them play a second line down to cat cora's star and then we walked down the street with the band and ended up in the rotunda which y'all have been here before so just imagine that room full of a 10-piece horn line oh my goodness <laughs> so it was, mm. it was very dramatic it was really cool cat had a great time she actually ripped the drumstick out of the um drummer's hand and was sitting there dancing and playing the <laughs> drum so um it was a really cool moment um well so we for those who, who don't know cat is a native right. mississippi and she grew up in Jackson, her parents were Spiro and Virginia, Virginia. Cora, just wonderful people. She worked at Amerigo. She did. And I mm-hmm. believe maybe she even worked at Helen Mouse. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, really? I, I didn't yeah. know that. Yes. Yeah. She, she just couldn't be sweeter. Yeah. She, she's, and I'm sure this really meant a lot to her. I think it did. And, you know, I'll tell you, I am five foot one and I am probably a head taller than that woman. <laughs> True. <laughs> Um, she's a tiny yeah, tough little thing she is she's like a little bulldog too <laughs> yeah that's what i was gonna say she really packs a punch now yeah. you speaking of mississippi shell so along with cat cora um this year you featured some uh some deep south dining favorites um and some of our former guests like nick wallace um enrica williams uh hunter evans um do we know um well let me ask this are all the feature shells from mississippi so they're not all from Mississippi. Um, most of them are. We have kind of expanded out into Alabama and Louisiana, but we're really putting a spotlight on Mississippi ingredients. Um, our headliner is from Thibodeau, Louisiana, but he's known for um, a YouTube series called Duck Camp Dinners where he travels through the Delta. Um, that's in, he's he's real cool. He's kind of he's a lot different than um, than a cat Cora and kind of hits a different audience. Chef John he, Paul, John yeah. Paul Bourgeois. There we go. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, his his perfect. thing is on these duck camp dinners is using the swamp floor pantry. Wait a minute! And I love. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the thought of that because what he's saying is he's he uses everything that we already have you know the greens the roots the animals you know whatever so his that's his deal okay and he's going to be the headline of chef correct he is he is he's actually going to be premiering um one of his recipes that um that'll come out in the next series of duck camp dinners so they'll get to taste it here first well, if anybody loves a duck camp dinner, it's Mississippi. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, you talked a little bit about um, uh, the uh, breweries that are going to be. I see a uh, three-foot brewery from right there in Meridian, um, Queens Reward, Meet, uh, Reward Meadery uh, from Tupelo, and, of course, um, Cat Mississippi's, you know, very beloved, one of my favorites, uh, Cathead Vodka. Uh, <laughs> but for those who, who, who like beer and adult beverages, um, what else can people ex- expect? out there at Sip and Savor? 
Well, you know, I do want to give a shout out to Katha. They're some of my favorite people to work with. Um, but, you know, we've got we've got all kinds of different cocktails coming. There's a um, distributor called Mad Vines over in Jackson that's a little bit newer that um, will be coming and featuring some of their wine program. Um, and then actually three our three foot brewery is working with i believe it's called key largo it's a new um brewery in vicksburg um and they'll be doing a sour that is just for sip and savor um that should be pretty cool but um i'm trying to think of all of our different chefs we've got them from all over the state of mississippi and they're they'll really be um spotlighting you know i we grow such great produce down here so it's it really will be hard not to have a yummy bite well i wish i could go <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to um, um speak with elizabeth off uh, off off camera yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um for um um when do we know i guess what um dishes to expect or is it kind of just uh, a chef's choice <laughs> <laughs> So I firmly believe in allowing them to choose their menu item, but, um, and I'm sure y'all have dealt with enough chefs to know, uh, I have my menus from some of them, but some of them <laughs> take a little bit longer to make their decisions. <laughs> um, but I can tell you that we have, um, there'll be such a variety, like there's plenty of seafood, which I'm always excited about. But then there's a lot of pork. Um, we've got a couple of beef items. It should just really be cool. Um, a lot of open flame this year, which is interesting. Um, a lot of them are grilling, and I've got I've actually got a couple doing some raw preparations, um, some ceviches and things like that. Mm. Okay, so a lot to look forward to for people who want to um, make their way out to sip and savor. And um, this is actually a fundraiser for the Max. Am I am I wrong in that? No, you're correct, Java. That's this is our biggest fundraiser of the year. Okay, so you you come out, have a good time, and actually support um, one of this uh, one of the great Mississippi um, um, experiences. I want to call it a museum so bad, but one of the great Mississippi experiences, <laughs> uh, the Max right there in the Meridian. You can call us a museum. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, if people want to get more information about Sip and Savor, where should they go? Sipandsaver.com. Oh, um, simple, simple. Tickets. It's super simple. That, that was very important to me to be able to say sipandsaver.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can find out more about all of our chefs, and um, you can buy tickets straight through the website and um, find out how to contact me with any questions you may have. Or, you know, we're, we're looking for volunteers, too. So um, you can contact me through the website if you're interested in volunteering as well. So I would advise anybody, if you are a foodie, a lover of food, a lover of um, great uh, great times, or just, uh, you know, you want to have a, a nice Saturday, uh, April 23rd at the Max, you can't beat it, Sip and Savor, featuring some great Mississippi um, um, chefs, and from surrounding areas, also some uh, some great Mississippi breweries and, and uh, uh, adult beverage uh, producers. So make sure you go out, sipandsavor.com. Elizabeth, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks so much. I appreciate y'all having me. Yes, ma'am. Well, com is where you need to go for the Sip and Saver event happening April 23rd at the Max in Meridian. Uh, this is a special drive time edition of Deep South Dining, and it is brought to you by MPB listeners who are also our supporters. 
Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is Deep South Dining. I'm Doc Java Chapman here with you on this special drive time edition of Deep South Dining with Carol Puckett and Joe Sherman. And we want to thank Elizabeth from the Mississippi Museum. No, I'm no. About, I want to call it a museum. You did. <laughs> the Mississippi Arts and Entertainment Experience for joining us, talking about the upcoming event, uh, Sip and Savor, on April 23rd um, at the Max in Meridian. It's going to be a, a great event for all foodies, um, big and small. Now, Carol and Joe, it is uh, springtime, and one reason I know it's springtime, other th- uh, besides the... <laughs> The weather and the pollen <laughs> is that um, some of your favorite chain restaurants have started putting fruit in the salad. So that's the, a great indication for me that, you know, when the strawberries and the, and the blueberries and everything gets in to the salads at the at the same places where they cook the burgers and fries. I'm like, yeah, it okay, is. Joe, it I is actually never, springtime. Never heard it. Heard that's it a like great that. correlation. Yes, <laughs> it's kind of weird. That's OK. That's OK, Java. We, we, yeah, I'm, Java, when she was talking about there would be a raw offering, I thought maybe you and I could go serve our fish. Because oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was it, that, yeah, I'm kidding. Bringing up pass oh, it's, it's just a little bit too much. But what is um, uh, I guess uh, like quintessential spring dishes for you guys? We're out of all of the the heavy things for for um, fall and winter, so it's time to lighten things up, I guess. Okay, well, uh, you know, I love it when you tell us every week what kind of food day it is. Uh huh. I just want to give a tip of the hat to International Carrot Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 a thing. These are real real days Easter, people lobby yeah, for. <laughs> East, Easter bunnies, carrots, but um, Joe, I don't know about you, but in honor of International Carrot Day, I think we need to work on some carrot stuff. Oh, okay, carrot cake. Carrot cake. Okay. <laughs> carrot cake. Well, uh, I will do uh, Anna Garden's roasted carrots, which. This is something so I'm sure you do it. You do it a hundred times. You just turn on the oven at four hundred, cut your carrots, toss them in a little little bit of olive oil, salt and pepper, slam them in the oven for twenty minutes, and And they're they're delicious. Now let's don't let Tim Pierce get a hold of the recipe because he'll make us turn them with the cut side down. Like he does on his Brussels sprouts, and it does make a difference. Yeah. It's, a, it's very meticulous. But, but knowing, only from knowing that like, you and you know, yeah, only from from somebody like Tim, you and artist. I, we slam oven doors <laughs> and we throw the, throw this stuff on there. That's but right. they are, they are delicious. They are. They are. And then I was thinking about since I'm so excited about carrots, carrot soup. No. You Never know, we had that. yeah, I we mean, talked a lot. Of, we've talked a lot about, about soup. I guess soup. last week you're and about cold soup. is that a cold soup? And it is not. It is actually a hot soup. And this this one, I looked through a bunch of them, but I love this one from uh, Anna Garten, too, because it has ginger in it. It's Ooh. a oh, carrot yeah. ginger soup uh, with coconut milk. 
So I will I will give a report, but I will be celebrating. It's a strong Asian influence. Yes. Right there. Yes. A little ginger, a little coconut milk. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking about it, but that combination does intrigue me a little bit. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, a cold soup is really just something is a drink to me. So yeah. I don't. <laughs> it's a smoothie. Yeah, it's, it's a smoothie. <laughs> well, tomorrow is National Deep Dish Pizza Day. I won't be celebrating. We just we don't do much. I've never deep had a deep pizza. dish pizza. I'm, I'm I am neither. I'm a Actually, thin slice. Oh look, thin slice, thin slice, light sauce. And tons of everything else. You know, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a Big Mac and a Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I Not like a little real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I, I've never, and I know it's a, um, it's a, thing. a Chicago, you know, it's a big Chicago thing, but I've never, I've never had a, a deep dish pizza. Well, I lived in the Midwest for a while, for five, about five years, and every place had deep dish pizza and you just didn't go to Chicago without stopping by. I can't remember if it was Huey's or Louie's or, <laughs> or Hooford. Deep dish pizza. It, it's delicious, but it's just, it's a whole other thing. I'd rather have quiche. <laughs> yeah, because I think it is it's more like a pie yeah, than, like than, exactly. than, a, than a deep dish pizza. Yeah, yeah that's true. And then April 7th um, uh, is uh, National Beer Day. And oh. that goes. Oh, with, go. I thought that was every day. That's what I was gonna say. That's an easy one. You don't even have to, you know, raise too much fuss about that. But I was surprised um, when Elizabeth was naming off some more of these uh, uh, breweries and, and distributions here in Mississippi. I wasn't aware that um, you know we had all of these uh, places that are making these beers. They're building a new one uh, downtown. I mean, in Fondren, uh, in Bellhaven, Bell Bell yeah. right across from Elvie's, kind of in that area, in the donut place. Great. Matt, they are, Matt yeah. Jeffries is heading that up, if I'm not mistaken. So. I remember they had a, a Lucky Town Brewing Company here in Jackson. That was one of my favorites, uh, but it, 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 it sadly went away. Yeah. Well, it's a, that's a tough, a tough business, and we really need to celebrate and thank those people amen. that are broadening our beverage horizons. But, I mean, if you think back to... When you first started Everyday Gourmet, oh, yeah. where we are from a food and beverage offering to the Jackson and the Mississippi public, uh, the population, we've really, I mean, oh, we've really gosh. come along. I remember I went to a dinner party one night and they had to order blue corn chips from Dallas. Exactly. Them, I mean, you're going really? Now, I mean, now, now you can almost pick them up at the, is, at the gas station. You know that <laughs> that is so true. And the Everyday Gourmet opened in 1981, and it was right when just food was exploding on the West Coast. Alice Waters introducing our own food. You know, we had turned to Europe to look. Yeah, to anything great, and mm-hmm. she was saying, "Look at these baby vegetables and vegetables that we grow." And we're Americans, and this is American cuisine. And then in New York, this big movement was going on. So here we are really trying to bring this to Mississippi. And at that time, there was only one olive oil in the grocery store. And I'm not calling any names, but it smelled pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, and I thought that's what olive oil uh-huh. was. And there were no, um, you couldn't get, well, we were the first people to have fresh coffee beans, you know, to Our grind. But Southern we Pecan. would bring, you know, we we would order cases and cases of French olive oil and Italian olive oil. And people would come from all over to get these things. And, and then we started bringing in chefs in our cooking school. And I, I am going to kind of embarrass myself here, but 
Go ahead. This was like 80. <laughs> I already like, served raw fish. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this is like, you know, maybe 1983. It was when Martha Stewart first wrote her entertaining cookbook, which was the Everyday Gourmet at that time sold more copies of entertaining than any bookstore in the country. Wow. wow. Hundreds. Of, and anyway, she came. We invited her to do a cooking class um, at that time. She still answered her own phone at her house at Turkey Hill in Westport, Connecticut. And she sent her grocery list for the cooking class. And it had, well, it had like, you know, fresh basil. That's impossible to get. I found someone, actually Patsy Munger, who grew some in her yard for that. (laughs) And then this thing called balsamic vinegar. I looked and looked and looked. I tried to look up things. I went to the, I called the Library of Congress (laughs) to find out what balsamic vinegar was. Because at that time, um, Dean and DeLuca had just started importing it Really? Into New York, so it was like the really, really hot yeah. new thing. And so, you know, we had to call Martha and say, "Sadly, you will have to bring your balsamic vinegar <laughs> from New York in your suitcase." <laughs> and when this this was the eighties, yeah, right. this wow. was this was the this was the eighties, and it started a long relationship with her over the years. And she would, you know, come to our store and you know stay at my mom's house they became great friends and when, when carol had the everyday gourmet she, one time she did a series of uh, iron chef competitions with local chefs and i never forget the night that john currents went up against martha foose and we oh, were just going to it ninety to nothing and all of a sudden martha rips off her sh- chef's jacket and she's got on a red bustier <laughs> just anything to win and, and John Kirsch just you know so anyway, it was it was a great event yeah uh, we had some great times over the years Cat Cora went against uh, the owner of Schimmel's oh Jay Schimmel she yeah. went against Jay Schimmel I mean it was a great it was a, and it was you know always very very well done that sounds like heavyweight matches. They're John Kearns yeah. versus Martha Foose. Wow. Yeah, it was. They were heavyweight matches. In language alone. Yeah. We would yeah. have, like, you know, Martha Stewart and Jacques Pepin and Giuliano Bugiali. And at those times, there was no food network. I mean, so these people were very approachable. This was pre, you know, pre uh, all of. All of those wonderful things. Yeah, that's that's something to think about back in those back in those days pre Food Network. What? How? What, yeah. How did you get your recipes? <laughs> I, I know it's it's been a long. They were hand me downs. <laughs> yeah, they were hand me downs. Or you came to a cooking class and you know learned these recipes. Now can go on and watch a three minute you know, video on Anna Garten doing Coco Van. That's how I learned to do the short the uh, braised short rib. Yeah. From to YouTube. YouTube. It was a great it was a great eight minutes. You gotta love YouTube University. <laughs> it's everything up there. Uh sadly this is our time. Joe, uh thank you man. Actually we're gonna see, see you, you back next, next week. week. <laughs> Carol <laughs> um good times ahead. Yeah <laughs> great times ahead. Yeah I'm going to the chapel and going to get married. Going to get married Friday and thank you for subbing for me next week. I'll be thinking about you. We'll be thinking about you. Now, Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and it's funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. And yes, I do mean you. And if you want to become a sustaining member and help bring this show to many others, we're going to let you know how you can do that. But also,
So stay tuned because coming up at 10, it's now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey. And join us next Monday for another edition of Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.